Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 15. Frankly, I'm surprised it took this long in the life of this podcast to address this week's topic, but all this episode, we're going to be discussing why to cruise with Royal Caribbean. It's obvious I'm a pretty big fan of Royal Caribbean cruises, so I want to share with everyone why Royal Caribbean is as popular as it is and why you should consider Royal Caribbean for your next, or maybe even first, cruise vacation. Here we go. Cruising has never been more popular around the world than it is today, it seems. And Royal Caribbean is one of the leaders in the cruise industry, and deciding which cruise line to go with can be a big decision for a lot of people. Now, rather than contrast Royal Caribbean to other cruise lines, this week I want to point out what makes Royal Caribbean popular and why so many people like myself choose to cruise on it. So let's look at a couple of things to do on board. Royal Caribbean has really built itself on the idea of making the cruise ship a major part of your vacation and what there is to do on board. Any Royal Caribbean commercial on television you see these days often shows guests doing various activities like rock climbing, ice skating, surfing on the flow rider, playing mini golf, and these are just a few of the ideas that we're talking about. Now, Royal Caribbean likes to promote that their cruises offer you a wide assortment of things to do on board, and it's not just a floating hotel. At the same time, Royal Caribbean also offers a lot of ways to relax on your vacation, in addition to all the physical activity. There's also, on board, you can do their shows, trivia games, demonstrations, tours, contests throughout the day. Really, every day, there's something to keep you entertained. I think a lot of first-time cruisers are wary of not having enough to do on board and becoming bored, so to speak. But Royal Caribbean has really built up its offerings to have something for everyone on any given day. Next, Royal Caribbean has really differentiated themselves with their ships. Once again, Royal Caribbean built its cruise ships to be more than just a place at sea to sleep. They continue to really push the envelope in terms of how big a cruise ship can be. Over the last 10 years or so, Royal Caribbean has really built new ships that are bigger than the ones that came before it, and if you like state-of-the-art ships that are the biggest and newest, Royal Caribbean is a great choice. Now, one of the things they've really done well is the advent of neighborhoods on Oasis-class ships, and that really changed how we view cruise ships and their layout. The neighborhoods are areas with distinctive looks and feels that really set each neighborhood apart from the other and helps with guests navigating around these massive ships. And Royal Caribbean is also actively working on refurbishing its older cruise ships. They spend a considerable amount of time and money keeping them updated with the revitalizations that add new venues, cabins, and amenities. So there's definitely a effort to keep their ships not just keeping the status quo, but moving ahead and doing it better all the time and offering guests the very cutting edge in what a cruise ship can offer you. And the other really major reason why I think it's great to cruise with Royal Caribbean is the value you get on a cruise. I've often said Royal Caribbean really does a good job of balancing what you pay for and what you get. I feel like Royal Caribbean has set itself in the middle of the pack when it comes to pricing months competitors. It's never really the cheapest cruise out there, but it's also not the most expensive. Royal Caribbean is a mass market cruise line that tries to appeal to everyone, and their prices are generally affordable to most families in the market for a cruise. Now, what that means to me, again, with that pricing structure is they're not the cheapest, and by that token, there's some good quality to it. But at the same time, they're not charging the most, thus it's affordable. So it's kind of that middle ground, that even-keeled, really, I feel like it's a sweet spot. Now, family cruises are definitely a major market for Royal Caribbean these days, and when you consider the price charge and all that it gets you, it often comes out to a great balance, in my opinion. On average, the price of a Royal Caribbean cruise is very comparable to land-based vacations, and in many cases, it's actually a better value, especially when you factor in things like food. Quite obviously, what one person finds affordable will vary from what someone else finds affordable, but there also seems to be consensus out there among veteran cruisers that the price point that Royal Caribbean tries to serve. 
Royal Caribbean markets itself as the cruise line with the quote-unquote wow factor. And to me, that means there's something that keeps many of us coming back again and again. There's the great customer service on board the ship, where the crew really does everything they can to make your vacation memorable. There's also the wide variety of itineraries around the world to consider. You don't need to settle for just a couple of Caribbean vacation itineraries. Royal Caribbean serves cruises to Northern Europe, the Mediterranean, Australia, the Middle East, China, South America, and they're always looking at new places. If I could sum up why I cruise with Royal Caribbean in just a few words, I think it's the great service and the experience with the price that brings me back again and again. When I try to tell someone who's never cruised with Royal Caribbean or even cruised in general why they should cruise with Royal Caribbean, I often point back to a couple different things that I mentioned earlier also. The ships, they're amazing. Really, when people who are new to cruising think about cruising, they think of these massive ships that they've read about and heard about. And quite often, those are the kind of ships that are evoked quite easily by classes like the Oasis class and certainly the new Quantum class and even Freedom class ships. They're what people expect when they're going into a cruise for the first time because, quite frankly, it's what Royal Caribbean is marketed so well with. Also, it's the value. And again, I, I keep going back to that, but I really feel like it's the value, the pricing of what a Royal Caribbean vacation offers is head and shoulders above what land-based vacations can offer you in terms of bang for your dollar and in terms of other cruise lines. Again, I think it's that balance. It's You're not overpaying, but at the same time, you're paying just enough, I feel like, and getting a lot more for it. It's hard to explain necessarily and, and not dive into math numbers here, but from just an observational standpoint, when you look at what's out there and what Royal Caribbean offers, that price is really what brings me back is that I can say, you know what? This is a great price for me and my family to go on a cruise, to have a great time. And you know what? The other thing is, yeah, there are other options that aren't cost extra when you go on the cruise ship. There's no question about that, especially restaurants special experiences, excursions, all those things cost extra. A lot of them do cost extra within the contemporary class of other competitors, but I feel like, you know what, that's optional. You don't have to buy the drink package. You don't have to go on excursions. You don't have to eat at the specialty restaurants. You can, and to me, that's quite a major part of the cruising, and I'm willing to accept that, but again, I don't feel like Royal Caribbean pushes it on me so much as they just give me the options and lay it out there, and it's my choice to do what I want to do. If I want to do an excursion on this trip, if I want to do three times in an especially restaurant, maybe just once or none, it's completely up to me, and I like having that options, but I still have the core functionality, the core basics of a Royal Caribbean cruise to fall back on and have a great time. Like I said, I could go on a Royal Caribbean cruise, eat only in the wind, Jamer, stay on the ship all day, and only do the free activities and I would have a great time obviously spending money is part of a vacation and just like if you go to the beach somewhere and you might you know opt for a special bus tour of the city or go parasailing somewhere those options are still available to you on a cruise ship and in both cases they'll cost extra but it's about choice and that's what I love about Royal Caribbean cruises is they give you those choices not only what the Royal Caribbean brand offers you but also what's available where you're sailing again all this comes back to that value standpoint and the choice that I have as a consumer. And I just love it. I really think they do a great job of, you know, kind of holding you back a little bit in terms of, you know, here we're going to this particular port. Here's what you can do here if you want to go with us. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? Explore. Feel free to go and do what makes it fun for you. And I just love that. So that's a little bit about why I think cruising with Royal Caribbean is a great option. But I'd love to know what you think and what brings you back to Royal Caribbean time after time. So if you'd like, you can email, tweet, or post on our Facebook your thoughts so I can read them on the air on an upcoming episode. (music) 
time to go to my favorite part of the podcast and share with all of you some of the great feedback I've gotten via Facebook, Twitter, email, and of course the voicemail. I'm going to start with an email from Chad Nip, who writes, Hi Matt, I'm a newbie to the site and podcast and Royal Caribbean in general. Give you a little background info. I've cruised three times with Carnival. After my last cruise, my wife and I decided our next trip was going to be to Italy. At that time, we planned on cruising with Carnival again until we were informed that Carnival is not going to be going to Europe at all next year. So with the options to book a different cruise line, I priced a couple of different places and Royal Caribbean had the closest price of what I was expecting to pay with Carnival. Now to say that I'm a planner and a micromanage things is an understatement. We aren't sailing until August 31st of next year and I've already done more research than most people do a month before their cruise. As an example, when I booked my first cruise with Carnival, I did so with one of their travel planners and had at least four separate conversations with her on the phone, ranging from 45 minutes to 20 minutes about every single detail about cruising and the ship and itineraries and everything. I booked my Royal Caribbean cruise online, so what is a person to do who is trying to completely a new cruise line and absolutely hesitant of change? I started a research and found your podcast by chance, I listened to every single episode within one day. Love them all. I actually finished today's and was upset because now I have to wait a whole another week for another episode. They're very informative for a person who wants as much possible info about this new cruise line they'll be trying out. I feel like I already have a solid idea of what to expect to the point I could probably talk to someone else into going on Royal Caribbean. I absolutely love cruising, and so it's so awesome to find a podcast and site like this with someone who is so passionate about it as you are. Chad? Great email. Thank you so much for all the compliments. And I'm glad to hear that you've discovered Royal Caribbean. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And it sounds like that Mediterranean cruise is going to be a really great time. I can't wait to hear more about it. So please share with us via email or however you prefer when you do go there. Good luck. And I hope you enjoy more and more episodes. We're putting them out there. And I love hearing that you and others are really enjoying the podcast. So thank you so much, Chad. Next, we have an email from Christopher Percy. As always, excellent podcast. The information about when to book a Royal Caribbean cruise will be very helpful to first-timers and more seasoned ones, too. I agree there are advantages to both booking early and waiting until closer to the cruise, depending on your personal preference and flexibility. We enjoy looking for unique itineraries that tend to lead us towards booking early. For example, Vision of the Seas this past spring had a 17-day cruise, which started with a transatlantic leg from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, ending up in Copenhagen, Denmark, with six other ports along the way. A terrific cruise for an excellent value. Christopher, that's a great point. And certainly those kinds of cruises, if you're looking for a little variety in terms of itineraries, you, you got it right there. And booking really is going to help you with that, especially because those kinds of cruises, if they are available last minute for some sort of a deal, because I know you live in the United States, Christopher, you know, good luck getting an airfare that's going to be affordable to get you there, right? So you almost have to do that well in advance. And for you, it seems to work out. So that's great. Next, we have an email from Bill Carney. Hi, Matt. Thanks again for the podcast and the blog. They have been a big help. My wife and I are cruising on Celebrity Cruises next year, and thanks to your podcast, we would like to book a cruise with Royal Caribbean soon. My question is, are points earned on Celebrity for the Captain's Club program transferable to Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor program and vice versa? Also, have you cruised on Celebrity before? I heard from episode 14 that the two cruise lines are sister companies and briefly how they compare. Thus, my interest in these topics. Would you be willing to do an episode and comparing the cruise lines in more detail? Thanks for the email, Bill. And the good news is, yes, your points actually do transfer. Actually, points between Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, and Azamara Club cruises are all interchangeable. So if you're a Captain's Club Select or Le Club Voyage Explorer member, then you'll receive Platinum members on a Royal Caribbean ship. If you're a Captain's Club Elite or Discoverer in Le Club Voyage, then you'll receive 
diamond benefits for the Crown and Anchor Society. Hope that makes sense. And obviously, it also goes the other way. If you get benefits on Royal Caribbean, you can use your benefits on Celebrity and Azamara as well. And, you know, your idea about comparing Celebrity to Royal Caribbean, it's a great idea. And I've got a friend who actually I think might be great for this episode. I haven't cruised with Celebrity yet. I'm hoping to one day. But I think there's definitely an opportunity to compare and contrast the two cruise lines because they are sister companies. There's a lot of similarities, but there's also quite a bit of differences as well. So thank you. Next, we've got an email from Jim Lee. Hi, Matt. Love your show. First off, I want to thank you for all the good advice you give each week. My question is, are there any cruises that you know of that stay in port more than one day? It would be nice if you could stay in port for an overnight stay so you could experience the nightlife. Also, are there any benefits to booking a cruise from Royal Caribbean rather than from a large online cruise travel agent? It seems to me the large online travel agents seem to give more incentives like onboard credits, etc. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Great question, Jim, on both fronts. I'll start with the first one. Yes, there are definitely cruises that stay in port more than one day. The easiest one that I can think of right off the top of my head is Bermuda. A lot of times cruises that go to Bermuda, especially Explorer of the Seas, and I'm thinking Grandeur of the Seas as well. Both Explorer goes out of New Jersey and Grandeur goes out of Baltimore. And both of those have, I believe, I know Explorer definitely has overnight stays there because I've seen it firsthand. And that's a great example of one. And you're absolutely right. Being able to stay overnight in a port is great. It's, it gives you so much more flexibility in terms of having the ability to go and explore the same, not worrying about, oh, geez, i got to be back in like three hours. Do I have time for this? I know another cruise that's going to be doing that will be Quantum of the Seas when it debuts. They've already got some overnight stays planned in some ports like San Juan, Puerto Rico. So they're definitely out there, and I know there's some others on other islands and other ports in Europe and across the world. So if you can, it's a great opportunity because it really gives you a good idea of the city. Plus, it's just cool to be able to go, but, you know, 9 o'clock at night. Hey, you want to go in the city? Sure. It's like having a hotel there. I think it's really cool. And like you said, experiencing the nightlife is definitely different than just a daytime experience on the ship. Your other question about benefits from booking it alone rather than a travel agent. You know, some people like to book it on their own directly. And the primary reason is because if you book it directly, you have the ability to call Royal Caribbean and make changes to your reservation just you without having to go through anybody else. If you book it through a travel agent, then you have to have the travel agent make any changes. Personally, I'm like you. I'd rather have someone else do all the little work for me. I don't want to be bothered by it. But some people like to have that kind of control on their cruise, and there's nothing wrong with that. So if you, that's the primary reason. The drawback is you've got to be aware of any kind of incentives that come out and what have you. Plus, travel agents have you know certain deals, maybe group space that's going on, and they may be able to get different deals depending on what's going on. So it, it's kind of a give and take, so to speak. So primarily, the best benefit is control of your reservation in terms of you can make changes on your own. Otherwise, with a travel agent, you make it. You have to go through the travel agent to make changes. But again, there's also benefits to that as well. So hope that answered your question, Jim. We had an email about that celebrity cruise line again, and we have an email this time from Mark, who writes a quick note. In last week's podcast, there was a query on sailing on the Celebrity Summit versus Explorer the Seas out of Bayonne. The one issue I would raise with Explorer, as it's apparently the last cruise before going to dry dock, is the risk that they can be short on or even out of certain supplies. We had this experience on Independence of the Seas back in April when Diana and I were on the last cruise before she went on her refurbishment. They were out of or short on supplies in various areas of the ship, including specialty restaurants. We heard from several cruise members, including the cruise director, these items would be restocked during the refurbishment, and they would be very apologetic for the shortages. Admittedly, it was more of an annoyance than anything else, but it was sufficient that we decided we would likely not do another cruise in a similar situation, meaning last cruise before a refurbishment. Given what you pay for the cruise, it ultimately adds one more thing to be concerned about. 
The other thing to consider is that they were already working on or repairing or refurbishing some of the areas of the ship in the last few days of the cruise in order to meet the timelines they needed before she even went in for the actual refurbishment at the end of the cruise. The passengers on a celebrity ship will, of course, be different demographics on a Royal Caribbean, but since the person with the question had already been on the summit previously and apparently enjoyed it, that should not be an issue for them. I would otherwise strongly steer them in the direction of Royal Caribbean, but would hate for their first Royal Caribbean experience to be marred in some meaningful fashion by it being the last cruise party to dry dock. Food for thought. Hope all is well for you and your family. Mark, great points all around. Honestly, I can't argue with them. I think the email, that, and this was the email back in last week's episode, it's, it's a really tough situation. I don't think you can go wrong either way. And, you know, the experience on Independence Seas may not be the same experience on Explorer of the Seas prior to the rehab. It, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a toss-up. And I agree with you. They may find a similar situation than, than you did, Mark. Or they may not notice it at all and <laughs> maybe the best cruise of their life. One thing I would like to know is the pricing for one. Of course, the airfare issues and some other things may come into effect. It may just come down to price. And if all else fails, flip the coin. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough choice. But, you know, Mark, I really appreciate you reaching out and sending your comments. I love hearing other people's thoughts on these topics that we're covering in these emails. So thank you, Mark. Great emails and messages all around. And thank you to everyone who sent them in. And, of course, I want to hear from you as well. So I encourage you to send us your thoughts as you listen to this podcast by tweeting us, posting a message on Facebook, emailing us, or posting a comment on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So if you want to send us a comment on Twitter, we are at the RCL blog. Facebook, we are facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog. You can email us, Matt, M A T T, at Royal Caribbean blog.com or call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408 6 Royal 6. That's 408 676 9256. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.